Hey everybody, this is Sam and you're listening to the Deep End Podcast, the show that provides you with juicy relationship, intimacy and personal development tips and skills. A podcast for deep thinkers and feelers who love personal growth and want to experience healthy relationships. So today I have a really awesome guest who I've been watching online and have fallen madly in love with their expression. And this person is Debacco Sunset. Debacco is a queer essentialist, embodiment counsellor and gestalt therapist in training. Debacco Sunset combines somatic psychology, pillars of awareness and yogic principles into his practice. He draws on meditation techniques, intuitive movement and creative mediums to empower participants to reach new depths, particularly around authentic expression. Tobacco's flagship program, Queer Spirit, is an intimate eight-week journey exploring embodiment, consent, and boundaries, pleasure, sensuality, and nourishing soul work. And I am so excited to jump into the deep end with you and have a chat about all of this. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, It's my pleasure. It's really exciting to dive into the deep end with you and, yeah, have a bit of a chat around authentic expression something I'm really passionate about Mm, yeah so I imagine and I'll assume and please you know tell me if I'm wrong but is your background coming from a place of inauthentic expression and then undoing and unlearning the programming to become more authentic somewhat yeah I think it it was an important part of my journey to get to where I am and where I want to continue to to expand I had a very confusing relationship with my sexuality predominantly like I was quite a confident person but when it came to who I was attracted to which genders who I wanted to commit in relationship with who I desired to be sexually intimate with my 20s was like a ping pong match between like men women long-term relating short-term relating like hookups you know all, all the different things and there was just this huge desire and frustration in me to want to belong and fit into a camp like whether that was you know gay community straight like heteronormative culture and whenever i tried to fit myself into one of those molds it was just doomed to fail and you know i would just fall back into the in-between messy place but it was actually during the time i was living in berlin i was over there for four years um I had quite a difficult breakup and it sent me on the path to start my own therapy around my sexuality. And that was when I worked with this really amazing therapist who allowed me to discover the uniqueness and the specialness that is my sexual fluidity and and the fact that I at that time, I described myself as bisexual and, and grew to love that label. Now I'm more comfortable with pansexual, but that being said, labels themselves are just so, I mean, they're just like cookie cutter molds that feel quite claustrophobic at times for me as well. So I'm sure we're going to have a bit of a chat about labels, but currently for intents and purposes I'm, I'm going with pansexual today 
yeah and it was a beautiful journey to step into my love and appreciation for that fluidity of my sexuality and that's something that i'm really passionate about uh, communicating and, and transmitting through the work that i do with at the moment predominantly queer men hmm. i love this um yeah pansexuality is something that i really resonate with for myself as well and when i first came across that label i was like oh yeah this is probably what mostly describes how i'm feeling and what is true for me um but again yeah i totally hear you when you said that there's like limitations and the claustrophobia within these labels it's like you know when you go and get your birth chart done and you're kind of like set which is amazing there's like the shadow and the the evolved or the the a great version of it it's like this is great insight into self-awareness but then there's also like an excuse for behavior the limitation right you know so um yeah, and I guess that's what we're really exploring today is like how labels limit our true authentic expression, the label of being a Libra or the label of being pansexual. So what has your journey been like with um, unraveling and coming back to your true essence? Yeah, I before I go down that question, I feel like one of the the silver linings of labels is our ability to feel part of a meme culture whether that's astrology or sexuality like queer memes i'm pisces so like any sort of pisces memes it's like that's the kind of playful juiciness that comes with labels but for for me labels in my real world expression just just feel a bit yeah limit limiting really hmm now I've kind of forgotten your question a little bit because I That's got excited okay. about memes. I have a Pisces. <laughs> as you do. I'm a Pisces rising, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice and like fluid and floaty. Yeah. <laughs> You're with me. Yeah. Uh, so the question was like you have shared and touched on a little bit of your journey. Um, I'm I'm really curious about the the depths of it, like uncovering your true and authentic expression within all of these spaces, you know, like Mm. I know people who are in the queer community and feel that sense of belonging and haven't really felt that sense of belonging until they've entered the queer community. And personally, like I watched a movie the other week, Gia, and there was, you know, a lesbian relationship in that. And I was like, whoa, you know, like I've never really watched a movie where I can fully relate to that experience of love between two women, um, which kind of like gave me permission and almost sort of validated my experience and allowed me to deepen into that and and journey deeper with that Um within myself um, and accepting that part of myself. So it's really beautiful. But so like coming back to the, the point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> well, I feel like I want yeah. to talk about film and TV now, now that you mentioned Please, that let's do movie it. Yeah. you just watched. I, I'm so proud and inspired of recent productions that are pushing boundaries and 
not it well, it depends what community you sit in but particularly for the queer community lgbt themes shows like euphoria heartbreak high the aussie reboot that's done really well on netflix um these these shows Shit's Creek. Creek yeah have you seen it I've watched a couple of episodes of it. I know everyone everyone always tells me Shit's Creek is the shit. So I'll maybe get to it one day. Great. Um, but yeah, these quite like mainstream productions are dealing with trans issues. They're dealing with the complexity of sexuality. And that's not something I saw growing up on, you know, the I feel so old saying this, but like really the five or six broadcast TV channels that we had to flip through in the 90s. And it's it's just so beautiful and exciting to see that, okay, if, you know, I was a 12-year-old kid or something watching, maybe that 12 is a bit young for some of these programs. They're a bit intense, but um, yeah, it's it's just beautiful to, to see all the possibilities um, Sex Education is another one that comes to mind on Netflix. These shows that are putting sexuality and the nuances that come from human experience, particularly around sex, which often has had a lot of shame associated with it. Now they're becoming mainstream entertainment and giving huge permission pieces for people to experiment with gender expression, getting more confident about people that they're attracted to, taking pressure off certain labels and leaning more into opportunities to just experiment and play with sexuality because, you know, humans are playful creatures in essence and we so often forget that, particularly when we get kind of bogged down in the adulting responsibilities. It's like... When was the last time you just played for play play sake, whether that's, you know, painting or fucking or, you know, the whole spectrum? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing you. It's interesting because, like, as you're speaking, what's coming through is, like, yeah, we've got movies and then we have porn, right, that dictates mm. and drives the way that we uh, understand intimacy. And, you know, you being a queer centralist, I've actually had a, a conversation with somebody um, in the community years ago, a couple of years ago, back at Elements Festival, and I was I was telling him what I do for a living, and you know, he's like, you know, what would be really awesome, Sam? Would be really awesome that like, what I'd love to see is more sensuality and um, mm. just like softening in 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 the gay communities. His words that he described, he's like, you know, gay men just like to fuck. They just like to. You know, and I just want to have yeah, it's it's sports sex for a yeah. lot of people in the gay community. It is Gangbangs. recreation, yeah. recreational, which is like totally valid. Fine, but you also want spectrum and variety in these experiences. Mm. You might not always want that same flavor of sex. You might not always want to play sports when you're going into the bedroom or wherever you want to. You know do do the deed get playful so this is something that also is a real pillar of the work that i do is is moving more into more sensuality and using pillars of embodiment getting familiar with 
breath, the ways that you can get experimental with touch, movement, getting our sound, our, our voice, our, our auditory breath more online and, and getting curious about how that can increase sensuality and pleasure. So getting, getting away from the performative like sports sex that can be so common in the gay community. I mean, it's not everywhere, but it's, it's definitely a, a, a main current that runs through a lot of hookup culture, particularly. And yeah, it's, it's a lovely permission piece. I actually ran a workshop as part of my queer spirit program last night for a group of men. And we went through this work exploring the pillars of embodiment and had a practice together. And it's such potent, powerful work, particularly when it's practiced in a collective. There's this beautiful, supportive, almost like fraternal energy there. There's, there's eros and there's sexuality, sure, because I'm working with queer men that are attracted to other men. And but there's, there's also a quality of fraternal bonding that comes from witnessing other people exploring their pleasure and being in that safe, supportive space. Yeah, mm. so it's, it's making me feel like warm and fuzzy inside because I'm still feeling the afterglow of the healing that comes from this really nourishing work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I'm so curious because I'm a female-bodied person who experiences after doing a lot of work on reconnecting with my body and create, like amplifying the sensitivity through dropping into my body by getting out of my head. So, like, I know what it feels like to experience euphoric peaks of pleasure and I'm so curious if this is accessible to male-bodied people who have, you know, penises, humans who have penises. Mm. Are these, like, we'll never know. We will never know what it's like to be the opposite. Like, I will never know what it's like to have a cock or to be in that kind of body so I don't know. But I'm so curious if you've noticed a difference within yourself of heightened sensitivity since embarking on this journey. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I still feel like I'm on a journey moving away from certain sexual scripts and ideas of performance during intimacy. But I'm, I'm moving closer and closer to really taking ownership of my pleasure and, and basking in that sensitivity and sensuality. It's also a confidence piece as well as remapping these neural pathways because for so many men we grow up in a society where we're told we need to make love a certain way and we're kind of shamed into ma masturbating a certain way where we're not allowed to make noise and we have to do it quickly and secret and these kind of things unfortunately just become ingrained in in us so even when we're a fully uh you know free adult that can potentially express themselves as as 
vastly and expansively as we want to, we still are stuck in this kind of like, I'm not going to breathe or make a sound and I'm just going to masturbate really quickly and watch some porn and get the job done. It's like, hold on. What about this beautiful potential that you have to really drop into your mo this moment of pleasure and really enjoy the process of that and get curious about it and see what arises instead of this too often it's like a race to the finish line it's like oh, i just need to get to the climax ejaculation point which for men only happens once and there are trainings you can do to you know reach multiple orgasms but usually after ejaculation it's it's all over and you're left to clean up the mess but which can it's, be it's, fun sometimes which can also be fun like like you know like with the sports sex there's all there's certainly a place for that kind of that mm. kind of stuff but but what i'm <clears throat> what i'm advocating for is leaning into the full spectrum of pleasurable experience when from you know my own experience looking at myself in the past like i was just sitting in a a narrow band of that possibility and i and i feel myself as i do this work as i do mindful self-touch practices as i teach more of this content and do practice in workshop with other men like i feel that expansion and who knows where the like how far we can expand but I'm, I'm continuing to expand so i'm excited to keep on continuing that journey and sharing this knowledge and opportunities with other men that are interested in doing the work yeah yeah it's so interesting the work i do and the things that i like to focus on what i'm actually really kind of like exploring at the moment is this theme around masculine and feminine which i do believe we i think we spoke we did i think we did speak about this right before the podcast hit record mm. and you know jung talks about the animus and the anima and like these parts of our psyche that are look at me talk about my shadow like it's behind me these parts <laughs> of our psyche that are like masculine and feminine orientated and i noticed the correlation between the male-bodied human and the female-bodied human and then our innate sort of biology that's kind of matches the archetypal representations of masculine and feminine in a way, like stereotypically speaking. There's been a flip where like um, women I've noticed have become more fem more masculine and men have become more feminine and there's this like polarity thing and what I'm noticing is and what I kind of see sort of happening is there's like this dissolve of polarity and it becomes like this fluid relationship within um but the point that I want to get to is around uh I'd love to hear what you think about that and also actually let's talk about that first because <laughs> sure. I want to like ask two questions at once oh that the where I want to get to is the um the actually no i will remember i will remember i'll let you answer first if it's important it's going to stay with you it i know I, I, yeah. I test myself with that all the time 
Um, market. Yeah, I'm really interested in polarities, particularly masculine and feminine, as the work I, I do plays a lot with gender expression and how masculine and feminine traits show up in myself and the clients that I work with. I'm also halfway through this um, training to become a gestalt therapist and something that I've found during these studies is and and how therapy works a lot of the time is we we can sit in a end of the polarity particularly in relationship to someone else but there can also be polarities inside us so in certain ways i, I might sit in um, a certain representation of masculine because i don't want to let that feminine in or i don't want it except that that other feminine exists inside me and through work like therapy being able to see that the two ends of the polarity do in fact exist inside me or seeing that in relationship to someone else then only then allows the polarity to dissolve right so often a lot of people get stuck in in a polarity because they're not integrating the other side. They're not uh, seeing what they think is on the other side of the polarity is actually inside them as well. Yeah, I hope this isn't getting too like heady and conceptual. I'm, I'm trying to ride the, the theory as we go along here, but I find it mm. really interesting how polarities appear and then can be dissolved and particularly around gender expression and how we we adopt certain masculine or feminine traits and suppress other ones uh that's a really interesting topic and a lot of it comes down to shame like so much of the work that i do is you know we repress things we don't want to face things because at some point we were shamed about it and we still carry that with us for years decades yeah it's it's another piece that mm. i journey in the queer spirit program is we go into shame and so much of it was was really implanted in us when we were kids like i i remember a story from primary school i was in italian class it must have been year four or five and our Italian teacher was giving us all a reward because we'd just been able to sing a whole song in Italian or something. I can't quite remember. But I remember we all got to line up at her desk and she had a big glass jar with all these jelly beans in it. And I went up and I reached in the jar to pick out my jelly bean and I picked out a purple jelly bean and I was just about to like, I was cherishing it, just about to eat it. And then this girl beside me, Anna, I still remember this so clearly. She looked, she looked over at me and she said, oh, you picked the purple jelly bean. I didn't know you were gay. And as like oh, a wow. nine year old, like I just, I still remember the dread that just like, it's like she saw me like in my most naked state and saw something about me that I hadn't even seen. It was a really like, oh, such a overwhelming sensation. I don't think I, I don't think I let her see that I was really, really thrown by that. 
but it suddenly just made my head race into my future of like, oh, if if I'm gay, that means I'm going to go on this life path that's going to be so much more difficult. And I think I will probably be old and lonely and I won't have a wife and kids like I was thinking I would. And all these things just started like fractally spiraling out in my mind just because I picked up this goddamn purple jelly bean and like who knows what happened to Anna but fuck Anna (laughs) Anna's the catalyst yeah I'm so curious because like she this like entertaining the idea that you know kids are quite innocent in their expression you know we're not programmed heavily at that point in time um the shame that it sounds like you experienced it like did you feel her when she said an innocent throwaway comment like I didn't know you were gay did you feel any judgment from her did you feel any shame coming from her was the shame coming from a like knowing that this is really not how things should be because all you've ever seen is heterosexual relationships and all you've ever seen is this like shame around homosexuality Yeah, I mean, I I probably felt the smallest little sting from her words, but the overwhelming tsunami of dread that spewed forth all through my body was definitely like an internal reaction that came from within me because I was like, oh, no, if she's right, then my life is going to be like cursed. That's what I thought in that moment. It was like, if you're gay then you're going to live like a more difficult life that's you know not as supported and not as understood by society and so it's going to like it's going to be the hard road like are you really wanting to take the hard road Hmm. can i share something with you deeply intimate about myself yeah please so one of the things that i was journeying with last week um which I'm still integrating because it's quite a heavy piece, is around there's a woman, the first woman I was ever with um, back in 2016, 2015, 2016, and I remember this moment in my life because when I was younger, somebody said to me that I could, yeah, somebody said something to me that kind of like made me fear the 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 desire to be with women so I kind of just like pushed that into the shadows and then when I met this woman it was like an instant attraction and I was like whoa um thrown by it and anyway there's a long story which I won't go into too much detail but we kind of explored each other but at the time I wasn't ready to kind of like go into the feeling side of it it was more like I'm just experimenting I'm just kissing girls to see if I like it and like I want to explore my sexuality and just like I'm not gonna eat pussy I can't do that but I'm happy to receive and I ended up (laughs) eating pussy and you know it was great and um we've been weaved in and out of each other's lives for the last six years seven years actually it was our anniversary seven year friendship anniversary and we've really I hurt her a lot because I was so uncertain about my sexuality and I, you know, Mm. just kind of like never chose her. 
and um, she was living here in the Sunshine Coast and she just recently moved to Melbourne and that move brought up a lot, it was only in the last few weeks, brought up a lot of grief within me and I was like, because we spent a significant amount of time together while she was here and really kind of um, developed a stronger foundation and the grief brought to my attention a lot of um, stuff that I didn't really know was there and I came out to my mum about her um, last Wednesday mm. and um, my mum met her at my birthday and this was really big for me to admit that to my mum and my mum like fully accepted it and just took it so well better than I expected I was like prepared for like the worst reaction um and what I've been journeying with is this piece around like you know the the vision I've had for my life has always been in terms of a partner has always been with a man and I've never given myself permission to see what it looks like to be with a woman mm. and there's so much grief there, grief of a life that I, you know, have projected and thought that I wanted fully, wholeheartedly, and now questioning all of that, questioning where did this program to be with a man come from? And, I mean, I know where it's come from. We live in a very heavy heterosexual life, like society, but, like, I'm learning all of that and, like, sitting in the discomfort of, a reality that I have never explored before. And, yeah, I think coming back to, like, what you said when you were sharing about the conceptually, the conceptualization sort of things around gender and what you do in your program, like, I want to tie it back to that. And I feel like mm. you can probably see it all as an example of how it ties back to, like, your the work that you do and the concepts that you were speaking into. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that because I think that um, it's a lot to, to kind of come to terms with your sexuality in a society, and especially at a time where it's very big transition. Like I grew up similar era to you, like I was born in 1990, so I grew up in a time where like there was a lot of shift around this and there's still a lot of shame. Like when I came out online about being pansexual, you know, people were calling my mum and being like, she's ruining her business, she's ruining her life and my mum's called me in a panic and it's been this whole massive like drama and I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> there's still people that are very homophobic. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I, firstly, I just want to say thank you for sharing that uh, experience with with me, and I feel I feel the the grief. Like I can relate to that, and that that has been a kind of process for me. It, it feels almost like tearing myself away from what could have been my life path down a more conventional like get in a relationship with a woman, get married, have kids, have the nuclear family, uh, something that's really celebrated in society. And instead, you know, 
prying myself away from what is a bit of a magnetic current or a, a stream that's taking a lot of people down that less questioned path and and i'm i am taking a a path that's got more challenges and and i'm i'm fully aware of that and i feel those challenges but it feels so much more rewarding authentic and i feel like i'm i'm capable of so much more healing in myself and and capacity to hold space for others as well because i'm i'm challenging myself on the daily like i'm i'm questioning things i'm uh yeah, it, it just feels like I'm I'm constantly sharpening my tools and and kind of agitating things in society that can go unquestioned or unchallenged a lot of the lot of the time. Like I, I see a a real um, like the queer community to me is plays a really important role in society as as a collective agitator of society like pushing boundaries creating mm. creating like ripples on an otherwise relatively still surface of the water it's like what where can we push humanity like where can we get to how how expansive can we can we become and i feel like these things around sexuality and gender expression are such important like societal experiments i guess you could label them of allowing expansion of the of the individual of the collective of i guess if you want to go on a more spiritual level like the collective consciousness of humanity as well Mm. yeah I feel that you know I see I see the spectrum and it's vivid there's like this darkness and this dusty muddy murky space of humans who are still living in survival basic survival needs being met Mm. you know still hunting gathering food water not being like throat, shelter all of those needs not being fully met like mm. there's that side of the spectrum of where we're at so this sure. conversation is not even part of their reality yeah, I want to acknowledge that the conversation we're having is coming from quite a place of privilege that we have opportunity, we have yeah. safety and security to be able to question these things. And for a lot of people, they are struggling with living day to day. And I don't want to, I fully, I fully acknowledge my privilege and I don't want to waste the situation that i'm in because i feel like i am on some sort of a platform or stage to be doing this work and not everyone has that freedom or opportunity uh, so if you can 
do it and it feels alive for you if that's where the life force is and that's where it is for me it's like get up and and make some ripples like agitate yourself agitate those around you see see what sticks see what doesn't uh yeah it's it it brings me back to this concept that we learn in therapy around you know tasting something if it tastes right to you you know swallow it enjoy it if it if it doesn't taste right like spit it out but it's about the process of trying it you know you're never going to know how it feels for you unless you put it in your mouth no sexual puns intended or maybe they are could you please have the pun intended (laughs) put it in and around my mouth (laughs) um yeah I really love where this is well where I want to take this I'm like where this is going but where I want to take this is like you know one of my greatest what I'm in service to is the evolution of consciousness and what I mean by that is like bringing forth our shadows into our conscious awareness so that we're not you know operating in this space of fucking mass executions like what's going on in Iran right now because Mm. of you know just such a whole other topic of conversation but that in itself is like so um oh my god the Greek in me the fire let me tell you (laughs) Mm. stirs me up these 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 labels like coming back to this topic these labels and how that like limit us from our truest and most authentic expression and what putting a muzzle on somebody's authentic expression actually does to humanity is it distorts our experience here it distorts it so deeply that we become ruled by power instead of or the love of power instead instead of the power of love, you know. And Mm. as I say this, my body is just like covered in chills. But um, it's disturbing but also really inspiring when I see what's going on around the world because it is motivating to, like, continue down this path and cause those ripples because if we want the change, we need to be the change that we want to see. And so people like you um, who are at the leading edge, like, you you know, there's that darkness that I'm seeing, but then on the other side of the spectrum, I'm seeing colours that don't even exist that we can't even see, that we're limited by with, you know, the senses that we have or the the rainbow, what is it, the RGB, the red, the, the spectrum of colours that we're limited to see. Like there's a whole over, mm. array of colours that we cannot see that that exist in this other side. And I feel like, you know, people like you are at that leading edge and are guiding people towards this space of freedom, freedom within themselves. And that is, I just want to acknowledge you in that, you know, thank you for doing the work on yourself so that you can be a conduit and so that you can be an embodied commissionist and a possibility for people to lean into. You know, you may not be someone that someone wants to be like, but you might be someone that is a catalyst for somebody to be themselves. Yeah, I I feel so strongly about stepping into my queer leadership, being, I mean, I guess I have a 
this in common with my partner Paisley Hart like he is a permissionist and I think as our relationship continues the more I start to realize my p- potential particularly in the queer community and for men that are questioning their sexuality and authentic expression like I am also stepping up as a permissionist to to allow people to start questioning these things I, I want I want to be out there and and be able to be seen as someone that is pushing some boundaries and doing some work that's that is creating questions in in those that are watching and I think going back to your point about distortion there is so like it's overwhelming how much distortion is in the world in our like digital information age that's stepping into a metaverse future how how obscured and twisted and refracted our reality can get and the more i move through this strange experience that we call life the more i understand that there's an internal compass in my intuitive center in my gut that that's where I can reconnect with truth and my authenticity and that's the place that has the answers and I keep on it life is funny this way like I keep on forgetting that and then getting reminded of that it's kind of like this little joke of the universe of like becoming overwhelmed then realizing oh that's right of course like the answer that I was looking for is actually in my body and it's always been there. I just needed to quieten down and push the distortions back a little bit and let myself guide me in in making that decision or stepping into that new chapter. One thing I want to note is the intensity of that. Mm. the intensity of this work you know like we do different work but I think there's a similar theme in terms of coming back to like I teach people to come back to themselves in a different way than what you do and in a different space like for a different reason um Mm. mine's like through relationships and and whatnot but like um and expressing through relationships etc but to grieve these parts of ourselves that we have these masks, you know, like these masks that we've worn for so long and the the safety of that because taking off these masks exposes us to judgments, exposes us to our own judgments, our own shame, our own guilt, our own criticism of like, you know, what what you're saying, like coming reflecting back to you like it's just this um yeah this unbecoming of what we thought we had to be to be Mm. loved yes and becoming who we truly are and not to be loved but to love ourselves that beautiful journey of unlearning all the all the layers the masks the protection mechanisms the defensiveness that we thought we 
needed to be able to mold ourselves into something likable when in actual fact it turns out we we spend the rest of our life if we're doing the work dismantling all those structures so we can step into the world in our vulnerability and it's like it's of course easier said than done like this oh this work God. is <laughs> this work is challenging it's scary it's like oh it feels like the world is sometimes ending with these these moments of needing to take certain masks off or step into real heart open connections but i i like this is what i'm here to do and i'm 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 trying my best to do that in my personal life and create opportunities to hold space for others to do that as well and yeah there's just there's just a deep knowing that we're here to support each other in this work you know i i feel yeah. a real resonance with you know you doing very similar work in a different way and like the more of us that are out here creating these opportunities yeah, it comes back to the the real benefit and evolution and expansion of the collective that can be possible, which, yeah, I'm getting tingles just talking about it. Mm, yeah, I love it when the tingles come because you're like, that's mm. some mad truths here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, <sighs> mm, it's a bit controversial, but I'm going say it anyway I think Michael Jackson was onto something um so I grew up listening to MJ I don't know if I believe that he was who they say he was it's really I mean don't know but it's not what the point is the point is I grew up actually reading his um history double album which had like a booklet in there and reading the lyrics or whatever the lyrics were, but like he had a very strong message around the children being our future, like huge weaved in throughout his music. Mm. And like, there's one song I can't remember, but it is about children. And, you know, like I think about that nine-year-old little boy who contracted when a girl said to him, I didn't know you were gay when he picks the purple little jelly bean and how many other nine-year-old little kids are out there just questioning who they are. And when we, you and me, people like us who are like doing this work, the ripple effect that it has is giving permission to our future generations. Mm. Yeah. And being examples for them. Yeah. I, I, I really, another therapy quote, or it could be a meme, I'm not even sure. It's like, if you had a childhood, you have trauma. Like it's, yeah. it is a fact of life. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of how you, how you approach that, that pain and hurt that often we, push back, push down inside ourselves to a depth that we don't feel it or can't connect to it anymore. But what does that mean for future generations if we're just sitting with that pain deep down? Like, 
there there just seems to me a necessity to if you have the capacity to relieve yourself and relieve the collective of that hurt and also transmute some of the hurt that is in the collective as well it might not even be your stuff it's kind of like this is now getting into transpersonal work and and being able to process some of the collective trauma and collective pain and that's something that i've i've been able to touch on and and feel particularly with the aids epidemic for gay men and i i immerse myself in a lot of reading and uh connecting with older gay men that went through this time and i I feel like it's there's something really again coming back to my gut like there's something in me that's like yeah i need to somehow do my bit to help tend to what was a hugely traumatic period in recent human history like hundreds of thousands of gay men lost their lives and governments didn't seem to be caring or putting the resources into finding solutions with any sort of immediacy and just to to be someone with a a, a fatal virus and and knowing that you weren't getting supported by society in fact you were getting relegated into isolated wings of hospitals to slowly just wither away um is yeah i feel the heaviness in my heart as i'm as i'm talking about it and 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 i feel i can feel that heaviness in uh the the queer community particularly gay men um who yeah there's 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 a connection there even though um you know i was too young at the time to really understand what was going on i still feel yeah almost like a responsibility to to lend my capacity into that space and i still don't really know what that's going to look like but there's definitely some of my life force energy getting steered in that direction like what can i do for the queer community around something like that around that collective trauma that that huge fracture that happened in the community yeah Mm. i feel that Mm. i feel the weight of that um yeah like some of the greatest you know that were you know famous people come to mind but then also like the convict what's flashing before me now what i'm experiencing right now is like it's like a flashback of conversations of, of of people from that generation who have shared with me the brutality of coming out at that mm. point in history, the uh, 
abuse, violence that they experienced and that it's it's um, the fight that they put up so that people like you and I can feel free to express our sexuality. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to... It's like we're now doing that in a different version, in a different way, so that people later down the track can experience a different sense of freedom within themselves. Mm. Not to pedestal ourselves too much, you know, but like... (laughs) (laughs) But acknowledging that, like, we're, we're really, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of hard work. And, and, and Paisley, when I did the podcast with him, actually shared with me about, like, how, yeah, the, the depths of your experience with, um, he briefly shared just about, like, the mystery school and just, like, where you guys went with that. And that was deeply healing work. And to be able to go into that depths of that, and then become a transmission of that. And, um, yeah, it's like medicine in that in itself is just so powerful and it's a different experience of learning different things um, in a different way. But, yeah, just fully acknowledging, coming back to your point, just fully acknowledging the um, the grief and the, the, the heart-wrenching experiences that people from that generation had to go through and the death and the all of that it's really important to acknowledge and I'm really glad that you raised that that point because like one of my friends told me that he has HIV and I remember being I I remember like feeling the subtleties of the 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 collective conditioning that I've experienced of like I can't share a drink bottle with him now you know like the fear of yeah we there's still that you know stigma that's just almost in in the ether it's like uh, it's so strange even though cognitively like the information's out there if you're um you know undetectable non-transmissible uh and you know there's all the medication and and treatments that that make it a, a manageable virus to live a healthy life with and we still have these hangovers from, you know, that awful TV commercial from like the late 80s, early 90s of the Grim Reaper bowling humans over like at the end of the bowling alley. It was horrible. It still gives me chills every time I I watch that or I see it like replayed, but basically mm-hmm. painting HIV is a death sentence. And it just makes me really uh, so grateful that, you know, when I was a nine-year-old kid and I was picking out that green jelly bean and and it was saying, oh, I didn't know you were gay. Like, instead of thinking that was a death sentence, you know, if I was in the, if that was the mid eighties and the AIDS epidemic was rife, like wow. imagine what how that would affect a nine-year-old kid instead i was in the mid-90s and things were a little bit uh were stabilizing um yeah it just seemed to me as like a more difficult life path but you can see how those two different 
um, you know, implications would affect a kid, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That really moves me. It just makes me so sad. Mm. And there's people out there who were that experience at that time and carrying that trauma around. And, you know, that's how distortion starts. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've both like moved through some quite dense topics. I'm I'm just feeling into the emotional peaks and troughs of our chat. I'm just there's something inside me that's like, oh, let's bring this back up to like a light place. Should we go um, come I'm, back up to the shallow end of the deep? End? <laughs> yes, because we've been really like diving into the deep end, and I've been loving it. I'm just like. Well, what does the shallow water feel like for a little bit? Yeah. Also, like, it's the silver lining of these really pivotal moments in time is that sometimes we need to go through that. What's in the way is the way. Mm. You know, like, we need to go through that dismantling and that extreme version of for example, genocide, you know, to acknowledge that killing a bunch of people because they're Jewish isn't actually what, you know, is the best way to do it. So then we come back into like well, these pivotal moments in time that bring us back into compassion. Sorry, I've gone back into the darkness. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to <laughs> lose this track. I'm like, wait, how's the Holocaust in the shallow end of a conversation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I'm coming to is that, like, now we have different approaches to to life. Like, we understand that, like, where we are at now, like, we're so much more accepting. We're having, like, people that, like, transgender, for example, is way more accepting than it used to be. So I feel like it's... It needs to happen in order for us to get to where we are right now, which is at a really beautiful time in life to be exploring these things and be able to have these conversations and bring these things to awareness. And it gets to be fun and playful. It totally true, gets to be true. fun and playful. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a crazy a, time. It's also a beautiful time. It's an expansive time. Yeah. There's, there's everything and everything going on and and that is the kind of wonderment and overwhelm of the world but yeah yeah it's like how, how do you pick choose your own adventure in this wild experience of life yeah yeah totally and i think that like the the bottom line is to not take ourselves too seriously definitely or each other too seriously <laughs> <laughs> always um, a good reminder for sure oh, such a great reminder um yeah I mean it's been such a, a great conversation and there's just so much juiciness that has come from this and I think that like what I really love the most and one of the like aha moments for me is around um the sensuality piece that really stands out for me and and your mm. commitment to that and your support in guiding men in particular back to that sort of awareness of their own sensuality and I really love that so I want people to connect with you people that resonate with um this sort of thing and you know that want to experience their true authentic expression I'm going to include all of the um links into the 
the show notes. However, yeah, let's let's wrap this up and I'd love to leave on the note of um what's one of your offerings that you would like people to know about and what will they learn from yeah, it? Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um firstly, thanks so much for the chat, Sam. Really appreciated all the deep dives into the deep ends. If people are interested in following my work, coming to one of my offerings, like my flagship program is called Queer Spirit. I'm currently halfway through one of the rounds of Queer Spirit with a group of men, but I do have plans in the upcoming round in early 2023 to open it to all, all genders. So I really wanna start expanding uh, the possibilities of who wants to come in and do this work. And I feel like uh, a juicy cauldron with a mix of different folk is going to be a really beautiful new frontier for me and also make it accessible for um, pussy owning folk to come join the, the queer, queer spirit cauldron. So yeah, follow me on Instagram, tobacco, sunset, unless Daddy Zuckerberg has banned me because he's giving me a few slap on slaps on the wrist for spicy photos. Oh my god, those photos are so fucking hot. I just need to do that. <laughs> I'm like drooling. I'm like, oh my god, yes, not to objectify you, but I totally was. <laughs> Go right ahead. I love it. I love it. And uh yeah, otherwise my website, tobaccosunset.com, also has all the different things that I'm doing. And and like I mentioned, I'm on this gestalt therapy journey and I will be um, a therapist at the end of 2023. So that's really exciting as well. Love that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your really brilliant and beautiful wisdom. Your time. It has been my pleasure. It's been a treat. Really, really enjoyed it. Mm. You'll have to come back on. (laughs) I would love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, thanks everybody for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.